Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, I'm your boy, Stevie Jobber. And I'm your boy, Dangerous Duke. And welcome back to the Dangerous Jobbers podcast, putting wrestling over one podcast at a time. Thank you for joining us here again. Uh, It's kind of a slow week, but uh, it's to be expected after such a big uh, SummerSlam weekend and the return of CM Punk. Uh, They're heading into some go-homes, all-outs go-homers this week. So... The news was kind of light, but there is some big news that did happen this weekend. But before we get into it, man, let's start with the wrestler of the pod. Sounds good. Uh, the wrestler of the pod this week, we decided to do something a little different. Uh, the wrestler of the pod is somebody that to the older fans, they might know, but to the younger fans, they might not know or might not remember. We got us a former WWE tag team champion, a former five-time World League of Wrestling heavyweight champion mm-hmm. and the new NWA heavyweight champion, Trevor Murdoch coming out of NWA. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was pretty, this was kind of a pretty easy choice, man. Uh, we figured we'd do something a little different, go a different route. And if you can end Nick Aldis's over 1000 day reign as the NWA champion, that's definitely something to get you on this list. So, with that being said, man, rest of the pod this week, the seasoned veteran, Trevor Murdoch. Yeah, man, very surprising. Um, I, I had to say I, I was I was against it, but it's hard not to doubt, not against him winning, but against uh, my odds were against him. Uh, yeah, definitely. And, and you know what the odds were against him. It, it, after such a long reign, a legendary reign from the Galdas, um, any challenger just kind of seemed – like they weren't going to be enough, but you know, shout yeah, out to I think, him. I think the last person to beat him, if I'm not mistaken, for the title was Cody. Yeah, he's the very last person. Yeah, and you know, Trevor Murdoch, he's kind of, I don't want to say he's old, but he's a little on the older side as far as you know, talent today goes. So that's just great for him. I mean, I mean, I like seeing older people get a chance when they're still able to go. Mm-hmm. Not when they're like kind of past their prime. Yeah, man. Um, and it's a it's a long way from his stint in WWE. Yeah. Because uh, seeing where he is now, his character was very underutilized for where it was back then. So shout out to him for becoming the new NWA uh, world champion. Definitely. Iconic. We got to see how long he's going to hold it for, but. It's definitely iconic, especially with all the new people coming on the scene now that uh, they could potentially work with. But hey, like I said, congratulations to him for making it that far. Um, But that being said, you want to get into uh, the NWA pay-per-view. There were two pay-per-views. There was one, I think, Saturday and then one Sunday. Uh, Yeah. um, The Saturday one was women's uh, NWA uh, Empower. Completely booked by uh, Mickey James, and then yeah, it, was, it was the official NWA pay per view the night after. Yeah, I was gonna say um, NWA and Power was very fucking good. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it took the uh, the WWE pay per view that they did Evolution mm-hmm. or Revolution, whatever it was, and it shit all over it. 
this pay-per-view was from top to bottom. It was pretty damn good. Uh, I just want to run down a couple of the matches and, you know, moments they had on the women's side. Mm-hmm. Uh, former wrestler of the pod, Sky Blue, had a match against Christy James, and she won her match. So, big shout out to her. Good on I her. believe I believe she was the opener, too, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Um, and then you had uh, Mickey James versus Kylie Ray. Mickey James won. Uh, their match. I'm sure was you were happy about that. Yeah, uh, their match was surprisingly good too. I got to give a little bit of props to Kylie Ray and Mickey. Show she can still hang in there. Mm-hmm. I got to give her props too because to actually take a women's pay per view and all women's pay per view and do it the right way. Yeah, I guess maybe she's seen what WWE did and how it could have been better. Yeah, and then she just did it herself. She she knocked it out the park, man. Uh, she's definitely gonna do a lot of great things as far as um the NWA women's division goes. Mm-hmm. And if I gotta have anybody pioneer women's division or lead a women's division, Mickey James is definitely on the short list of people I'm having. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Figure she's been around what since oh I want to say oh five in the uh, WWE at least. I want to say oh five. So from 05, working with people like Lita and Trish, and then working with people like Natty and um, uh, Lay Cool, stuff like that. And then mm-hmm. to now, working with people like Bailey and Bliss and Charlotte. So she's seen a little bit of everything. Yeah, um, absolutely inspirational. So yeah. And then also you had uh, Melina versus Deanna Perrazzo, which, by the way, I'm glad to see Melina back in the ring, man. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, she was on the Indies for so long. Um, but to get a, a, a prominent title spot against um, who some people could argue is one of the best women, well, who some people could argue is the best women's wrestler in the Indies right now, Deanna Perrazzo. Yeah, definitely one of the best female talents out there. Mm-hmm. WWE really saw something special in her, didn't they? Right. Yeah. They saw a nice little uh, bench for her to sit on. And look at her now. Right. Killing. But Melina and Deanna Perrazzo had their match. Uh, Of course, Deanna Perrazzo came out on top. Of course. I mean, I would have liked to see Melina in Impact, but it's nice. It's, you know, it was what it was supposed to be. She could still pop up every now and then, do her little thing with Trey Miguel. You know how oh, much I love true. Trey yeah, Miguel. They did have a they did have a mixed tag match. That was pretty cool. Can't do a split, but hey, you know. Yeah. Just we'll, <laughs> we'll just leave that to we just gonna leave that to Molina. <laughs> that was a nice little fun spot. And then uh, a a rather somber moment. Uh, awesome Kong announced her retirement from wrestling. Oh man. Yeah, that was a that was a nice heartfelt moment. I had watched um I had watched the promo with her and Gail Kim. Um and man, in the ring was two of the big big pillars of uh TNA's women's division. Yeah. Figure um, between between Gail Kim, Awesome Kong. I'll say I'll throw ODB in there too. Yeah, ODB, Awesome Kong, Gail Kim, um, and I think between them and the beautiful people. Yeah, they like really that, they really held it together. 
Yeah, I think uh, I think it was great that they had Gail Kim in there with her, though, because we figured those two been up and down the road so long, impact mm-hmm. together, and then they had that second stint when they were both in WWE for I don't know that short A very amount of short time. period of time. Yeah, yeah, that short amount of time Kong was there. So it, it was cool. I like I like that. Um, she's definitely been one of the better indie female wrestlers over the last decade and some change. Mm-hmm. I, I know if she goes, whatever she goes to do next, whether it's, you know, just training or work, working backstage, producing with women or who knows, maybe if she goes off and does her own little thing somewhere, mm-hmm. I hope she does great at whatever she does because she's definitely one of those people that you can't help but respect for the stuff she's done, the barriers she's broken down, things like that. So Yeah, uh, being a pioneer for um, plus-size women in wrestling, yeah. Um, and even though her stint WWE didn't go as planned, um, you could even argue that her stint AW didn't go as planned, but her stint in Impact Wrestling will always be iconic. And um, she's definitely an Impact Wrestling Hall of Famer. So um, yeah, that, whatever she chooses gonna, to do next. I was going to say, that's another thing too. That just tells you how much people respect her. One, for the WWE standpoint, she was only there for a handful of months or whatever. Mm-hmm. One of the few women to be in a men's Royal rumble. Mm-hmm. And uh, people still remember her. Like they don't remember her as awesome Kong, but they remember her as a uh, karma karma. Yeah. And then, and then as far as impact goes, she just had, she's had great matches everywhere. And like, like every, with everyone she's had them with an impact. And then you look at AEW. I believe she was one of the first women AEW signed. One of the very first. She was uh, Brandy's. Yeah, she was Brandy's own girl. She was her muscle. And then when AEW was doing those uh, those TV interviews with mm-hmm. like Jericho, Moxley, uh, Cody, and somebody else, I think Sammy was there too. Sammy Guevara. She was the only woman there. Like they had a panel of six people, and she was the only woman. Yeah, she's so, a, she's a big name, man. So, so even for only being an AEW for the short amount of time she was, she was still doing the press for them, going on TV shows, stuff like that. Yeah. So, I'm glad to see her get her moment in the sun and retire in a in a fashion that best suits her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And having the whole ring get filled with the women's wrestlers hogging her—that was an awesome thing to see too. That's what I that's what I really took away from it because in the indies there's not a huge platform, at least for the women, that feels like the best place to retire. They don't have unless you do it at WrestleMania or, you know, there's not mm-hmm. really a prominent place to announce um that this is the end. And yeah. For someone like uh, Kong, you would want a platform that feels special uh, for her, like some a really important event. And Empower uh, really seemed like the perfect place, surrounded by um, the future and the past of women's wrestling. And in there with one of her greatest rivals, it felt like the perfect place, the biggest like uh, the biggest platform they could have created for her to send off like that. So it was, it was really nice. Mm -hmm. And then also, also at empower, excuse me, they had, uh, 
they had this women's invitational and it just so happens your girl yeah. managed to come out on top and win. So I, yeah. I, I'll let you take the reins on that one because I know you're a little happy for that. Okay, so um, it was uh, Chelsea Green that won, right? The yes. hot mess. Yeah. Um, so she has been on a roll since she's finally got out of WWE, um, which is nice <laughs> uh, considering how they barely had her on TV and they tried to use her pool after firing her husband. Um, she got the comeback at Slammiversary uh, to Impact Wrestling uh, to do a mixed match with her husband as the hot mess, which is awesome. Um, and then to win the Women's Invitational uh, shortly after that is uh, a testament to how much she meant to the Indies when she was there and the underutilization of her in WWE and in NXT. Uh, mm. I don't know why they never pulled the trigger on some of the great women talent that they end up receiving, but, I mean, it's really their fault. <laughs> um, I will say... Testament to her for winning. Um, also, shout out to Masha for another great opportunity to be in the Women's Invitational. Um, but, yeah, definitely shout out to Chelsea Green. She's definitely rising her stock uh, with two back-to-back monumental moments. I, I will say, though, I believe that WWE had every intention of you know, using her and pulling the trigger on her. I think her problem was she just, I don't know if it was maybe the grueling schedule or the things that they make them do when training, but she just couldn't stay healthy. I remember she got hurt in NXT and then they brought her to the main roster when she was healthy. And then her very first match on the main roster, she breaks her hand. Mm. So, I mean, I don't know if it was just because she couldn't stay healthy or what it was, maybe they really didn't see anything for her and that's why they cut her, but I think her thing was she just had trouble staying healthy. Mm. Well, hopefully I, that's the reason why. I was going to say, because I remember me even cracking the joke on it, like, damn, is she made a glass? Like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Well, she's got to- uh, do you think she was as bad as Sankara was? Uh, what, as far as injuries go? Yeah. Um, I don't think anybody in the last few years has been as bad as Sin Cara when it comes to injuries. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was just a matter. I of think that's the whole reason they made Lucha House Party because they didn't want. To. Yeah, I, I feel <laughs> like it was. I feel like they made Lucha House Party for Sin Cara because they didn't want him wrestling so much and getting hurt. Mm-hmm. They wanted to have that extra strings on them. But, yeah, maybe it was just a case of injury, uh, which I guess in her case is uh, unfortunate. But I would I would rather take that than to take that they didn't have anything. Yeah, because, I mean, she's somebody you can always find something for. Like, even if you can't always find something for her, she's got a decent enough character that you can make something work. Yeah, and I think there was even rumors that she could have been Sister Abigail. Because of her, because of the potential with her hot mess gimmick, but I mean, yeah, I would have, I wouldn't have minded her sister Abigail. That wouldn't have either. I think she would have pulled it off. She really commits to her thing, you know. 
there was like three or four people they had in line for Sister That's Abigail. That's true. That is true. They had they had a couple people that they were gonna. I think go they with. I think they had Nikki. Mm-hmm. I think they had Liv. Mm-hmm. I think they had uh they might have had Chelsea in there. And then they, they all thought like, they had Alexa. And yeah, that ended and, up and then they just the case. they just went with Alexa and made Alexa Bray Wyatt. Yeah, and then that fell apart. Well, it's still mm-hmm. going, but it's falling apart. Yeah, but as far as uh, as far as NWA goes, also uh, on Sunday mm-hmm. they had another pay per view for the men. Now I don't really know too much about this pay per view because I was more excited for the women's one. Yeah, but I do know that uh, like we just spoke on it, Trevor Murdoch ended the one thousand forty four day reign of Nick Aldis as the NWA heavyweight champion. Incredible. Kind of bitter, kind of bittersweet though. Yeah, I mean, I mean, don't don't get me wrong. I I like Nick Aldis as a champ. I think as far as NWA goes, there's nobody that embodies what NWA means and stands for more than Nick Aldis. Mm-hmm. But I also, like I said earlier, I like seeing people who work hard, bust their ass, and if they're older and never got a shot, I like seeing them get a shot to see what they can do. Mm-hmm. So. I'm with the Trevor Murdoch thing, but it's like, damn, Nick Aldis, though. It's like. Yeah, yeah. It's, but you know what? I wonder if it's because he's leaving. Oh, wait, he's leaving? I don't know. But I'm saying with all the forbidden doors opening, maybe he's going to be like a Thunder Rosa. Don't you put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby. Where where he's still with NWA, but he's oh, representing like he... NWA in different places. Got you, got you. Kind of like how, oh, how Moxley does with uh, AEW. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. With the New Japan and interpromotional. So we could be seeing Nick Aldis more in AEW, more in Impact. Um, I don't think he's going to go to Japan, but yeah, I think I think I he would. could. I think he could be more of an ambassador kind of wrestler than uh, straight in the NWA every week, and maybe that's why they took the belt off of him because I think Nick Aldis, as a character, as himself, has elevated him to a status where he doesn't really need a title to get that kind of uh, attention. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was time to get it off of him so we could go other places and um, show how powerful the brand is. I got a question for you. Since yeah. we're on the topic of uh, Nick Aldis. Remember for the longest time, everybody was saying Sting is the best wrestler to never make it or to never be in WWE. Mm-hmm. As it stands right now, would you say Nick Aldis is one of the best wrestlers to never be in WWE? Because <sighs> I doubt he's ever going to go. I doubt he's ever going to go, which is funny because there was a time when, not a time when, the time would be now. Um, and this and this prominent Nick Aldis, he would probably be a great potential wrestler for WWE 
10 years ago. Okay. So like around His the time character uh, now is very old school stand up guy. Um, which I think would have created a lot of problems for people like Triple H. Um, would have been an interesting potential rest uh, opponent for Batista. I think he might so have like drove a, a couple people. So like around nuts. around the time like Del Rio was there, the first time. Yeah, and maybe even before. Okay. But speaking of that time, like even him and like Jack Swagger when they were giving Jack Swagger a push. I think him and Jack Swagger would have had some classics. Yeah. Remember, at this time, Swagger was... And I'm not talking about um, We the People Swagger. I'm talking about Swagger's first push when he was, like, doing the push-ups and they were calling him, like, Kurt Angle and all this other stuff. I know. You just reminded me Jack Swagger actually got a push at one point. And yeah. I'm like, ugh. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> it's easily forgettable. But at one point, he was a very important person. Um, and I think somebody as official as Nick Aldis would have gave him, like, a really good trouble. It was like, here's the guy you're trying to be versus who you are. You know what I mean? Um, oh, I, can't get, I, I can't get that out of my head now. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, I think I think the guy he is now would have done well 10 years ago. But I think now, because he's such a, a wrestler's wrestler, there's no there's no chance he'd be going to WWE. Even being as big as he is and having this great look, um, especially since I'm sure he's over 30, so... They're, they wouldn't they, sign him anyway. To think they put that man with Dutch Mantel. What a goddamn shame. Yeah. But, but, I, and I'm saying, but the Nick Aldis now is probably the prime of his life because, yeah. I remember Nick Aldis when he was in Impact and yeah. they were recreating yeah. like Team Canada. And when he was with, uh, when, when he was Magnus. When he was Magnus and I hated everything about it. Um, so this is the best version of him he's ever been as far as the Indies go. Um, I mean, maybe that is the case with him. Maybe, maybe it's one of those, you got the right character for WWE, but at the wrong time. Yeah. yeah. Like me, like, cause you mentioned you hated everything about Magnus. Maybe it's kind of like a Matt Morgan thing. Cause when Matt Morgan was in WWE, hated I didn't him. like him. I hated, hated him. But when he was an impact and he was the, he blueprint, was the blueprint, oh my god, that that was me good. nothing. He was the yeah. best he's ever been. Yeah. He was like yeah. he was like a new age test. He was like so test, but better. He was like a test that we, actually worked. <laughs> if we would have had that Matt Morgan five years before, mm -hmm. Matt Morgan would. I don't think Matt Morgan would ever. He'd have been untouchable. Did. Yeah, he'd have been untouchable. Um. So yeah, that's that's mm -hmm. basically what it is, and it's almost why. And now I'm fantasy booking in my head because remember I said if Daniel doesn't go to AEW, I think he'd be perfect for uh, instead of New Japan to go to NWA because mm -hmm. Daniel's such a stand-up wrestler. Um, now I kind of think if they pull a double whammy and Nick Aldis does become the like uh, Thunder Rosa of the men's NWA division, and he's out there uh, being an ambassador for them. I think that's the first person Daniel should have a match with when he comes to AEW. Yeah, I would like that. 
because their their styles are so different, but their personalities as um, wrestlers, wrestlers is is so on par with each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah. The the in ring psychology would work very well between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And you could have this really this really cool dynamic where they're very professional, but there's tension there. Mm-hmm. And then you're just ready for the match because you know everything is going to change once they start to really hit each other. Yeah. But I mean, well, you know, it remains to be seen. Yeah. Well, speaking of, uh, since you mentioned Daniel Bryan. Uh, let's jump to AEW real quick. Uh, not much for AEW. Uh, they're just getting ready for their uh, their go home. Or yeah, they're all out pay per view. So the go home. Yeah, they're getting ready for their go home before all out. But they yeah, uh, but they can't do too much. CM Punk. Yeah. Uh, so CM Punk managed to do another uh, another open mic promo, if you will, and the crowd was doing a certain chant. And Punk was like, that's somebody else's stick, and you might have to wait a little bit more for that one. Yeah, be patient, he said. So the, so this man is a, this man is just kind of like either he's the king of trolling or he's the king of dropping teasers at this point. Yeah, and now I have a little more faith in Tony Khan. Um, I had to really, really wait and I was doubting every second of CM Punk because it would have been, because it is, it was such an incredible moment um, that it felt too good to be true. But with the rumors of Daniel non-stopping and seeming more and more uh, confirmed, I'm sure Daniel's going to arrive and uh I think Punk is just messing with us now. I'm at the point where I am not going to deny Tony Khan anything. Like, I'm I'm not going to – I'm at the point where I believe that there's nothing this man can't do. Because for the longest time, we swore Punk ain't coming back. Punk's done with wrestling. It, it could be the best offer there is, and he ain't coming back. But when you hear when you hear Punk talk about it and say him and Tony have been talking for like a year and a half, like you guys have been doing this for a year and a half. Like you guys have just been having conversations, trying to get to know each other and all this for a year and a half, trying to fill each other out. And he manages to bring Punk back into the world of wrestling, not even just sports entertainment. He brings him back into wrestling. This is this makes me think that there's nothing Tony can't do. If Tony wanted to go sign Jesus, I'm pretty sure he can go sign Jesus at this point. Yeah, I think so too, man. Listen, it, it doesn't matter uh, who they who they bring back at this point. Uh, SummerSlam pretty much did their best bringing back Brock Lesnar. But um, yeah. at this point, after you've signed CM Punk, you've got serious competition. And I believe Rampage uh, might have beat them in ratings, might have beat SmackDown in ratings um, this week, or not this week, last week when CM Punk uh, came they in. They did, but... 
sport well, they at did, least but in the it demographic. Wasn't much. I know, I know both drew in two mil, which was yeah. well, not not raw. Raw didn't bring in two mil. No. Uh, SmackDown did though, and so did uh, so did Rampage. They both drew two mil, which is good because considering one, you bring Punk back, and then the other one brings back Brock and Becky. So naturally, with Brock and Becky both doing their SmackDown thing, it mm-hmm. looks like mm-hmm. those those two are gonna bring in the most viewers. Which- um, you know what is funny because it brings back a point that I had in uh, some earlier conversations. What happens now if uh, AEW goes head to head with SmackDown and starts to beat them in ratings every week? Because SmackDown now is clearly the A show to the point where I think NBC and USA are actually getting upset about how stacked SmackDown's roster is. Um, I mean, because they're used to being the A show all the time. And now all the A talent is on the A show. The new A show is SmackDown because Rampage and SmackDown are going head to head every week in ratings. I mean, it's not really... I think this might be, I think this might boil down to the one thing Vince cares about, and that's money. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like Fox is the age, Fox is getting the A show, the A people right now, probably because Fox is putting more money into them. Because mm. I know Fox was giving them, uh, Fox was giving them more money to begin with. Fox was giving them, you know, the talking, not talking smack. Um, uh, what the hell was that show that they were doing for a little while on Tuesdays? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. That, like that recap. Show. Backstage, backstage. Backstage. Fox was giving them backstage. They were giving them all that good stuff. So I think that's probably what did it. And mm. now AEW, or not AEW, um, USA is probably getting sour grapes about it because we've been doing business with you guys longer. We've been the one giving you guys top shows, things like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why USA is done giving a shit because if you see every now and then USA airs an AEW commercial. Yeah, I have. Been so seen I that. think US, I think USA is at the stage where pretty soon they might wind up cutting ties with uh, Monday Night Raw as it stands. They're not going to care. Listen, it's about the bottom line. I don't care how bad the show gets. If we can keep cutting talent, getting low ratings, and saying that we're making record high profits, it doesn't really matter, at least in Vince's eyes. Um, That all sounds like going downhill to me, but if it equals money for him, so be it. I still still am heavily on 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 uh, on the assumption that he's selling this to NBC or Disney. I got a theory about why he's saying that these are record high sales and record high prices, but you know what? I'm not even going to say nothing. I'll save that rant for another day. Because <laughs> uh, <laughs> the idea just came here and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to save it. I'm going to save it. We're going to talk about it another day. Yeah, but, uh, but, um, let's, let's, let's keep it at, let's keep Ooh, it at the us. fact that they're not operating any differently. They are, no. they have no intentions to sell the company. 
But if you got offers, they're open to it. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of like the, it's kind of like Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers. We're not going to trade him. We have no intentions of trading him. But if you call us, we just might listen. <laughs> yeah. So but, uh, WWE to Disney confirmed. Um, yeah, that damn mouse is stealing everything. <laughs> but back to the topic of Daniel Bryan and uh, yeah. AEW. Uh, yeah, so back to this, uh, these AEW standpoints. Uh, so next we have, let's see, what should we go with next? Let's go with, uh, let's go with Jericho. Mm-hmm. So now Jericho has found himself in a position where he can't seem to get a win against MJF. And MJF, is, MJF has just had his number for everything. Mm-hmm. And Jericho went through the five labors. Technically, I guess he went through what four, and then he got MJF. Four, and then and MJF he, with the five labor. Yeah. Okay, so he made it the labor number five. Couldn't get through. So now we're at a point where Jericho just wants one more match, and he got his one more match, and he put his career on the line. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he said, "If I can't beat you." I'll retire and I'll stay at the commentary desk. Um, you go first because I have a theory. Now, me thinking that you know Jericho's actually gonna lose. I'm I'm not booking this match because you know, part of me says yes, Jericho has to go. Part of me, part of me just doesn't want him to go. I don't, I don't know how I feel, man. I'm like conflicted. It's one of those, it's one of those situations where you can tell he's not moving how he used to. You can tell he doesn't measure up the same way as he did five years ago, hell, even two years ago, three years ago. But now, uh, now it's like, damn, we we actually got to come to that reality soon. I mean, he's been around for so long. You, he's done so many great things. Arguably, one of the greatest talents of the last twenty-five years. It's like, damn, man, it, it might just really be happening. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of torn. Like, I don't know if I should be happy or if I shouldn't be. Um. So let's say this, right? Mm-hmm. All out. And one respect you could consider to be the AEW WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. So let's handle this like WrestleMania. Darby Allen is fighting CM Punk. With Sting by ringside. Mm-hmm. Um, the Young Bucks are defending the tag titles against the Luchadors, uh, the mm-hmm. Lucha Bros, uh, one of the most prominent tag teams in the division, who should have probably been champs already. Mm-hmm. Uh, FTR is having one last stand against 
uh, LAX, Santana, and Ortiz. And this could be the end of Chris Jericho's career against the biggest heel in AEW, MJF. If I was booking this, there's no better place for Chris Jericho to have his final match and retire than the WrestleMania-type pay-per-view, which would be all out. And you got a stacked card, and you got a lot of young talent to push. And DDP Yoga can only take you so far. Shout out, DDP. Shout out to DDP. Um, So as sad as I am to see one of the greatest of all time now retire and be a commentator. Um, No man has thrived, recreated himself, and stayed relevant longer than Chris Jericho. Yes. But I have said from the very start of AEW, Man, this MJF guy is something different. Mm -hmm. He is another type of heel. He is just, he's just everything you would want a terrible person to be in terms of wrestling. In and out of the ring, on social media. And I think Chris Jericho recognizes this and is someone who loves being a bad guy like Chris Jericho. He recognizes that the best way for a heel to get over, especially as a heel, is to beat people you never want him to beat. And he's beaten Chris Jericho three times in a row. Mm -hmm. Now, you could say this is Chris's final win. There's no way he's going to lose a fourth time. But in terms of what's best for the younger talent, JR is already stepping down from commentary to only come back for special matches. Mm-hmm. There's going to be an empty spot on the commentary table. Chris Jericho has been on and off commentating all year. Yeah. It just makes sense that you put over the biggest heel in the company who can't, who still hasn't had a title and elevate him to a status where he won't need one by being the man who retired Chris Jericho. Yeah. There's no bigger, you don't get bigger than that as a heel. I mean, people literally sing him to the ring if you didn't have me. Yeah. Yeah, there's literally. no bigger level for MJF at this point if you are still keeping the title away from him than being the man who retired Chris Jericho. I beat one of the greatest heels in this business ever. You you don't get uh, more hated than that. Honestly, I feel like this can benefit multiple people if it's booked this way, I think it benefits MJF 
making him the dominant heel, arguably the best heel in the company, maybe mm-hmm. one of the best in the business right now. Mm-hmm. It'll benefit Jericho because it'll get Jericho that somber send off. It'll get Jericho to the commentary table because he can yes. still talk. Yes, he'll have he'll have a huge standing ovation. Um, and I'm sure they'll play his music when he's coming out to the commentary table that uh, AEW after. And you won't have to worry about JR uh, constantly slipping up and calling things WWE titles. You'll have a, a guy that's going to be able to do the job well. But I, I would also say, now this might come out of left field a little bit. I also think this could benefit either Sammy Guevara or Jake Hager. Mm. Because think back when Rick retired, when Rick, uh, when Rick fought Sean at Mania. Yes. And Batista just went on a damn rampage and wanted to do nothing but kill Sean. Mm-hmm. And Jericho wanted to do nothing but kill Sean. Mm-hmm. Every, everybody hated Sean for it. I think at this point, if you do that with Jericho, you retire him, you put him to the commentary table. The two closest people to Jericho right now are Guevara and Hager. Yeah, uh, for all intents and purposes, um, FTR has kind of distanced themselves from the pinnacle. Um, I think LAX for the most part is distanced themselves from the inner circle, um, which I think is definitely intentional as we're kind of trying to wrap this up. We don't want to drag this thing on for so long. Sammy does have his thing with Sean Spears, but I think anything that has to do with the pinnacle versus the inner circle ends at all out. I was going to say, I would have Sammy, like I would, I would end it all, but I would have, Sammy become like, like this is going to sound, I never thought I would say this sentence. I would have Sammy become Batista in that storyline. Like I would, would just be, have Sam. I would have Sam like likely hero. Is what I would have. I, yeah. I would have it's like, like, like that just hits a switch in Sammy where Sammy just gets real dark. Like not, not like a bad type of dark, but, Mm-hmm. He's just hell bent on ending MJF, and he's not stop like like a will not die Matt Hardy. He's mm-hmm. not stopping until he ends MJF or gets MJF. Right, and then MJF can take a loss. Yeah, like I think that's I think that's what I would do. I think that would benefit either Sammy or Jake. If you want, if you want Jake to do it, all right, have Jake do it. But I think it would be better for Sammy to do it just because Sammy was closer. I, I have I love your theory. I'm gonna add one tweak to it. Um instead of Sammy doing it alone, I would have uh him and Hager take care of it. Not in the sense of both of them versus MJF, but, but MJF as an equalizer. As an yeah, equalizer he's, he's, to MJF, because MJF does still have Wardlow around. Mm-hmm. So it'll be Sammy settling things with MJF, but Hager will be the equalizer 
to make sure yeah. no BS is pulled. So all the mm-hmm. same uh, shortcuts and tricks that MJF would use to beat Chris, uh, Hager's going to be there for. Yeah. Yeah, I would, I, w- I would most definitely like that. I think that would be great. And you don't got to run that long. You don't got to run no, it long. Like when not she, at all. Like, like how Sean had to go through one obstacle, then another, then another. I would you say just maybe, cut it. yeah, maybe like a month, maybe two pay-per-views. Yeah, I, I, I think two would be great. Like, I think you have Sammy with the, win the first one, and then the second one's like some bigger match, and then Sammy still wins that one. Yep, yep. Because at that yeah. point, MJF doesn't lose any momentum because they're, they're putting on high-quality barn burner matches. He's still doing his shortcuts, mm-hmm. still trying to do all the heelish things that he does. Mm-hmm. He doesn't lose anything or gain anything from it. And then after that, you can send him on a title push. Yeah, yeah. MJF can for- advance. Uh, Sammy Guevara can probably advance to the TNT title. Mm-hmm. Uh, because as much as I love Miro, that's only going to be on Miro for so long. Yeah, no. I mean, don't get me yeah, wrong. They're, I like... they're changing him too much, and I don't, I don't enjoy that. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like his belt design, but yeah, Miro yeah, is like. I, I love yeah. the belt design. Um, I wonder if they're going to keep doing that with like every iteration of their champions. I would hope More not. I likely. think it would kind of sour the belt eventually. Um, I think I you feel like More really than really do it like if there's like a big, if there's a big name attached to the title. Like every yeah. time somebody you've really been waiting for wins it, then alter it, alter the colors a little bit. But I don't think it needs to be done all the time. Um, but the yeah, I think they're changing the Miro character too many times um, in such a short span of time. Mm-hmm. And I love that Miro commits to every a slight character change, but like a significant one Miro would be nice. Yeah. Because eventually they're just going to, it's just going to get ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Which I, so I hope, um, and I was very fine with God's favorite champion. I thought yeah. that was a perfect, perfect gimmick. Once they changed it to the Redeemer, I was like, ah, I wasn't really ready to let go of the last one. Mm-hmm. And it kind of sours me on the Redeemer. Yeah. So now what happens if, the Redeemer finally grows on me and you change him again. You know what I mean? You got to be careful with that kind of stuff. Um, But I think they can push MJF to a title um, after a feud like that, and they can push Sammy Guevara up the ladder a little bit to the TNT title. So I think it could be, I think you're right, it could be beneficial for damn near everybody. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that goes. Hopefully they can Hopefully they turn out, you know, it turns out good. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all I have for AEW. Um, so next up we got NXT. There really wasn't much for NXT. Uh, I don't think there was an NXT this week. Oh, wait a minute. It felt like it wasn't, but there was. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. Th- there was some news from NXT. Um, so yeah. apparently, if, if you don't know, and if you've been living under a rock, or if you're, you know, colorblind, um, apparently NXT has just recently signed a deal with Nickelodeon. 
or Disney <laughs> That's or, okay. or, you know, Cartoon Network or, or somebody because probably they re, they probably rebranded Disney. and they changed their colors. They changed, they're changing a lot of things in the coming month. Hmm. What the fuck? Uh, I, what did you think of this rebrand? I'm, I, I already know your answer. I'm pretty sure the listeners know your answer, but do tell us. Oh, oh, Stevie Jobber, what were your thoughts on the rebrand? Um, I am upset. I am. Um, I mean, let me just. Let me just use a, a, a white people word. I am flabbergasted. Dumbfounded. The Appalled. audacity. Appalled. I mean, uh, you you work so hard. <laughs> you work. This is why we can't have nice things. Exactly. Like, listen, Triple H had this brilliant new design that he'd been working i'm sure forever on that looked incredibly detailed and very sick very like metal rock and intricate and and now some now kid we took a ruler and some some hand paint handed it to vince and he said such Look what I did. <laughs> it, it, it looks like it was made by the polka dot man from the new Suicide Squad movie. Mm-mm-mm. It feels like they did an elementary school contest to see what the new logo would be. Hi, I'm Samoa Joe, and you're watching Disney Channel. I mean, NXT. <laughs> Oh, this is if so they bad. change that belt, if they change that belt and make Samoa Joe wear a fucking rainbow belt, I'm sh- I'm canceling my. That's what I'm hoping. Like, like, listen, I know they're redesigning the show. I know they're redesigning the roster. I know they're redesigning the CWC. But man, please, if you make do Samoa not Joe redesign wear the belts, please, if you make Samoa Joe. Wear a fucking fruit snack colored belt, like it just got thrown up on by the fucking mystery van from Scooby Doo. I'm gonna lose my shit. Yeah, that'll I be mean, my rank. I saw it on a post somewhere, and I was like, "This can't be right. This can't be right." So then I, I had thought, to look on Twitter. I thought everyone was lying. Yeah, right. I thought it was a joke. Um. And then I saw it was officially uh, presented on one of the Raws and on all the Twitters. And I just said, man, this. Like, dude, um, I, I don't think you have enough bleeps in that damn soundboard to to cover up everything that I have to say on it. I just I who was in charge? Who 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 approved that? I bet it wasn't Triple was, H. I bet it was Hunter. It, if it was Vince, old Yeller, you gotta go out back. If it was Nick Khan, old Yeller, you going out, out front. I, 
uh, Hunter, I swear to God, if it was you, dude, get your eyes checked. I don't know who's backstage telling this design looks good. This design looks great. If oh, I was, yeah, if I was it'll Hunter, pop. I'd be backstage packing my bags. Like, y'all don't care what I have to say. <laughs> y'all, y'all don't, you don't. Y'all don't care. You took- and Triple H didn't tweet it either. He retweeted it. That's how much he really did not want to support this. Dude, you <laughs> like everyone made an official post about it. That was NXT, WWE, whatever. He just you retweeted can't. it. He was like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give my full support to this. I hate Dude. everything about it, but what am I gonna say? I still got him on the show, so I'll retweet it. Whatever. I just I don't so, want anything to do with this. So you change the brand. You make it look fucking like like reading Rainbow and Disney Channel and fucking Nick Jr. You change your criteria so where you can't sign people over 30. Or short. You, you can't or be under prominently on the indies. You can't be under six foot. You can't be under 205, the magic number 205. Ooh. Like you you do realize you basically just said you can't sign Adam Cole. Oh yeah, but he knew that. He's out. No, but that that's what I mean. So basically what you're saying is Yeah, he's out. Let's just let's just scrap the NXT roster right now. Yeah. You can't he, sign Adam Cole. He's out. Pete Dunn's out. Johnny. Tommaso Trump is out. Johnny Gargano's out. You can't Only sign. Only Lorcan is probably gone. Um who else? Who else? Um, Ilya, uh, the guy that just became UK champion. Oh, right, Ilya Dragunov just won the goddamn belt. Um, Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle O'Reilly's gone. Bobby Fish. Yeah, Bobby Fish. Roger Joe's Strong, over maybe. Joe's over thirty. <laughs> Technically, Joe's close to forty. So oh yeah, he's, he's a trans. He's transitional. We can't. He's sign transitional, him. and so we find out. What's going on? He's going to be transitioned. Um, damn, so you have who else? Walter. Yep. And and Swerve Scott. Technically, no, you can't have Swerve Scott. Can't have Swerve Scott. Five. Nope. Is um this guy um Santos you, you Escobar? Can, you can you can have you can't have can't have that whole thing. Can't none of y'all be here? <laughs> y'all whole little squad gotta go. Nope. Y'all y'all can have. Shoot, um, y'all can have Top Dollar. Y'all can have Odyssey Jones. Y'all can have Odyssey Jones. That new kid that just won the tournament. He's short. Can't have him. <laughs> MSK. They gotta go. They really gotta go. <laughs> and y'all can do a flip. Y'all gotta get the fuck out of here. Y'all, y'all gotta go. Y'all gotta go. At this point, who the fuck do you have? You have Walter and Odyssey Jones. You got Walter, Odyssey Jones, and Samoa Joe until they take the belt off. <laughs> Who's our North American champion? Koshida's out, because she's got to go. <laughs> Y'all just scrapping all of NXT at this point. You're keeping Raquel. That's it. You you only keeping Raquel. Yeah, who's, can't the, get 205? who's the 205 guy? What the cruiserweight champ? Yeah, who's the cruiser? They don't even have the cruiserweight title on NXT. Anymore. I was gonna say, I was gonna say, is it Swerve still, or is it Santos? No, San- Santos lost that joint. Who Santos lose? Santos lost that joint to Kushida. 
Yep. So no cruiserweight champ. You gotta go. Yeah, no cruiserweight champ. There's no cruiserweight champion. Congratulations. You got Odyssey Jones, Walter, Frankie Monet. No, you can't have Frankie Monet. I forgot. Uh, She's over 30. Yeah. That's your, and that's they just roster. signed my boy Blake Christian. He gotta go. Yeah, like, what the fuck is Nick? Like, what are they thinking in NXT right now? Money. Well, you're losing it. <laughs> that's not what they say. Not, They're making we're record not high profits, it. if you ask them. Yeah, everyone's everyone's gone. Everyone's gotta go. Everyone's gotta go. I bet you they are making record high. Goddamn, all them damn stimulus is probably went over to the yeah, WWE all them website. Cuts, all them stimuluses. Yep. Nick Khan over here talking about it would be beneficial to make Raw four hours. What? <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what? All right. So since you just said that, I gotta give a shout out to Fetz because me and him, me and him were talking about this. And Fetz told Fetz said it as plain as can be. He beat me to the punch when he said it. Drugs out here must be getting really good if you think Monday Night Raw is beneficial to be a four-hour show. We can't hold, we can't even crack a million viewers with three hours. So we'll add another we, hour on. So what can we do to get viewers in? Let's make it four. If you make Monday Night Raw run from eight o'clock to 12 o'clock, I'm not even bothering turning on the goddamn show. Nope. We will not cover Monday Night Raw on this podcast ever. And I bet you it's still going to be an hour and a half on Hulu. And I bet you it's going to be three hours or two and a half hours of all commercial breaks. Yep. And the show won't start till nine o'clock now because it's going to take an hour to cut a promo in the ring. The show already don't start till fucking eight thirty. It's always it's all, every every person is gonna have their own talk show. Man, you start the show at eight o'clock and it, and it runs four hours. You got enough time to go to the bathroom at eight o'clock. Go eat your dinner. Go wash your dish. There's put a, your there's kids a, to bed. There's a and kids then come watch an hour. I know. Fucking Alexa Bliss's playground is gonna be running forty five minutes. Yep. That's going to be the children's hour. The whole Alexa segment. We're going to get America's most moist or America's most moist for two out for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oscar's going to yell for a half an hour. Things you don't understand. Got to keep that uh, Japanese crowd. Yeah, right. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. But None of the champions are going to matter. They're going to drop. They're going to drop to like, uh, seventy-five thousand, and then Vince is gonna oh, say, "I'm not worried about the ratings. You know how much money we're making? <laughs> we're making so much money." <laughs> it's all right. Wait till wait till next year when all them stimmies when when people start losing their stimmies and start losing mm-hmm. everything else, we'll see them profits then. Absolutely crazy, yo! Like you want your profits to stay up, lower the price on them belts, my guy. Facts. And we're uh, gonna be buying all the retro belts because the new belts are worthless. As I look at my wall right now, what's on there? Nothing but retros. Nothing but retros. Pretty little ECW. Pretty little Intercontinental. Pretty <laughs> little United States. Pretty little World Heavyweight. Oh wait a minute, that's a spoiler. Never mind. Um, oh, moving gosh. on. <laughs> <laughs> moving on. 
so let's let's get to the main roster since we kind of just ripped NXT a new one. Yeah. Poor job. Um so there's not much that happened this week as far as main roster goes. Um there is some things I want to highlight though. I know you were happy because your girl Charlotte cut her promo, acknowledging that she is the queen, as she always does every damn promo. She is mm-hmm. the standard. She is the 12-time champ, even though I'm sure it's more like 13, 14. She is the opportunity. She's a 15-time world champion. Yeah. <clears throat> or 15-time well, no, let... women's champion. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, we can we can cut out the uh, the tag title there. But uh, now they're teasing her and Alexa Bliss might be doing something. I'm for it. I mean, it's something different. Um, You know, her and Rhea can only fight so much. Nikki, you know, she had her moment in the sun. Uh, so now it's Charlotte and the, tw- the twisted one, Alexa Bliss. I don't mind it. I mean, it, it doesn't get me jumping out of my seat, but I don't mind it. Mm. Yeah, I don't, uh, uh, yeah, I don't mind it. It, it is what it is. The women's roster on Raw is not amazing, so. I mean, we've been saying we need. We've been saying we need something different, and this is something different. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what do you want? It's just, yeah, it's 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 a thing, you know. We'll we'll see we'll see what they do with it. Um, one thing I did like from Raw though. So Randy Orton and Matt Riddle are the new tag. Yeah, well, if you count it, she's a sixteen-time champion already. Um, what Charlotte? If you count the tag team titles, if you don't, she's a 15 time women's champion. Yeah, all right, just just you, you keep going. Yeah, right. well, well, we'll get the math later and come back to you guys. But, um, so RK rated RK, yeah, damn it, you threw me off. Rated track. RK, uh, RK bro, RK bro is uh the new tag champs, and uh, I like the little celebration they had, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, Riddle did something nice for his friend Randy and got him what you get any best friend. Something I would get Stevie Jobber. Something Stevie Jobber might get me. Uh, He got him a lovely decked out scooter. Yeah, have fun breaking your ankles, Randy. Uh, But apparently Randy's not breaking ankles because he's breaking that scooter over people's backs now mm. mm-hmm. i will say that makes for a hell of a weapon yeah that thing hurts man like i i don't know if people have ever rode scooters before but they fucking hurt they hurt man look you we just got ptsd talking about it we over here grabbing our shins like damn man been there done that no nah, but I like I like the segment they had because I was expecting Randy to hit him with something. I'm like, just get a chair, Randy. Just mm-hmm. get a chair. And then Randy grabs the scooter. I'm like, oh shit, I forgot about that scooter. And he's just going to town on with him with the scooter. Poor guy. I like, I like, at least he didn't break the scooter. <laughs> Riddle got him. Riddle got him a good scooter. Must have been one of those razors. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the raise yo. <laughs> All right, this is a wrestling uh, podcast, not a scooter podcast. But them razors, uh, the razors, nostalgia, 
<laughs> just brings back the memories. Yeah. No, nah, but I, now I want to see Randy ride the scooter to the ring. Yes. Yes. One time. I'm going to tune into Raw tonight just to see Randy ride the scooter. If he's not on the scooter, I'm turning the TV off. That would be hilarious. Just ride it one time. And then uh, over on the SmackDown side of things, Becky came out. She she said her piece, you know, she apologized for absolutely nothing. Very uh, Conor McGregor-esque. <sighs> um, but she's still getting cheered. So my thing is, is Becky a heel? The rumor is that she's going to be the new top heel of SmackDown. Um, if that's Sips the case, tea. if that's the case, how's that? I how's that going to work? Like she's still getting cheered every time she does something. She's got to do something like really got like really deplorable. And if, you know, beating Bianca in 27 seconds isn't deplorable enough, like, what is? I don't know. Unless we give it a couple weeks and then maybe it'll work. But I, I feel like her as a heel just, like, won't work. I feel like she's better as a face, like, a, as an asshole face than she is as a heel. She hasn't been a heel since she's turned this new character. Yeah, like, so... I... I I feel and, like her as an asshole face is better. And her, like, this is this is the part people, like, really fail to understand. Um, there's a blueprint for this, guys. There's a blueprint for characters like her. Look at John Moxley. Look at Stone Cold. Um, the reckless rule breakers who, regardless of anything, are going to be a-holes and break all the rules are always I was beloved. Say, look at punk. They're like, they're like always beloved. Like it doesn't like that. So I could have told you that this is probably not going to work. She's probably still going to get cheered for. Mm. Unless she blatantly goes against the fans. And I don't yeah, mean that... in actions, I mean in words. Yeah, kind of like what they did with Bailey. Yeah, so these subtleties, not going to work. Yeah, kind of like what they did with Bailey. If they want to make her the top heel and actually be a heel, it's like what they did with Bailey when, when Bailey was just like, screw all of you and left. They got to do something like that. Yeah. Or just, just even like, even do what Brock did. Like when, when Brock was talking to Heath Slater, like you got kids. Okay. I don't give a shit about your kids. Mm -hmm. Like just do something like that. Yeah. Like, it's got to be, like, be very blatant and being like, I apologize for absolutely nothing. It's not doing it. Yeah, because um, then it just, it just feels, you know, like you stole it from somebody. Not saying yeah. any names, Conor McGregor, but, you know. Um, I was going to say, they could do it to where Bianca's talking about her moment with the fans when she won the title at Mania. And then Becky just comes out, oh, you had a moment with the fans? 
I don't give a rat's ass about you. I don't give a rat's ass about these fans. Mm-hmm. I only care about one thing, and that's and the weird this thing is title. The weird thing is, there's no, and this has always been a problem with Becky's character up until the man. She really hasn't had a thing for her character to fall back on. Like, mm-hmm. I think about when Daniel Bryan was... I think about when Daniel Bryan was champion, he turned heel. He mm-hmm. had that aspect of... He had that aspect of um, being a planetarian or vegan or whatever to help him fall back into a heel place in his character. Um, Becky Lynch has kind of always been Becky Lynch and she kind of matured into this place of being the man just through taking beatings and I don't know, just this organic, uh, not really change but yeah. this organic like appreciation for who she is mm-hmm. that locked her into a more serious place. Yeah. So that there weren't any more jokes and there weren't any more like things that didn't make any sense. And she got away from the steampunk. Um, and the catalyst is you can't really turn her heel and keep her who she is. Yep. Because they love her for who she is. That's how she got here. Her whole character is still just being herself, just just a little more confident. Yeah. So to turn her heel, she doesn't have a character aspect to fall back on. So it's really kind of like not believable unless she like does some even more terrible thing and blatantly pisses off the fans intentionally. Mm-hmm. Which they got to work at because right now I'm just, it's not, it's not, not yet, like a love to hate you kind of thing. It's just like there are people that hate you for a specific reason and the rest of the people just still, cheer because they can overlook that. Yeah. So they're going to have to do some more, uh, some more deplorable things for her to actually be the top heel. But they as gotta, far they as gotta stands, write a line in the sand to me. Yeah, as far as it stands right now, she's still looking like the, the face anti-hero that she was when she left. Yeah. Um so moving on, finally, uh another thing from SmackDown. Uh we have a sort of uh, how, how should I describe this? Um, th- there's some questions that are needing to be answered from Paul Heyman as far as, you know, the Brock Lesnar, Roman Reigns storyline. Um, I want to see how they work this because right now it's still, I'm excited for Brock to be here. We know what it's leading to ultimately. Um, but it just feels like there's still some questions that they got to answer. And they kind of just like they're acknowledging it by not acknowledging it too much. Like Roman's not even paying attention to it. Roman's pretending like it didn't happen. It's more of the Usos 
doing all the questioning and Roman's just, I don't know what happened. Your family, I love you. Which at this point is classic Roman Reigns. Yeah. Um, I love the way they're going about it. I love the way it's um, the Usos being like jokingly direct. Mm-hmm. And Roman handling it like. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's working, but we just got we got some questions and we want some yeah, damn answers. Yeah. I, I like I always like the dynamic of Roman like uh I'm not gonna say it, but you can feel the tension. I, I can't I can't lie. I, I like I liked his whole his whole thing during SmackDown. Or even or even more like his his like uh his like being endearing, but it's mm-hmm. like intimidating at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, he, <laughs> I love, it, I love it's, it. like, it's it's like that big brother that's that, you know, went to jail, then done some shit, and then the little brother that, you know, fucked up a little bit, but he's like, You all right? You sure? All right, come on. And then you're just like, wait, he, he's not going to say nothing? And he's not saying nothing, but he knows what happened. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. waiting for you to say something. Exactly. It's like, <laughs> exactly. It's like, it's like, you, uh, you, no one. You, you, just, you just realized the idea I put in your head. Yeah, you? yeah. It's like, it's like a parent. It's like, it's like even worse than a parent, matter of fact, because at least a parent will ask you, like, is there anything you want to tell me? He don't even ask. He's just like you, you know. You, sure. You, 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 okay. you good? I'm fine. Are you okay? Uh, okay. All right. You'll, t- you, you'll, you'll tell me when you're ready. All right. <laughs> we're gonna get there. We're gonna get there. I'm gonna yeah. let you get there on your own, but we're gonna get there. <laughs> you're gonna tell me what I need to know, cause you know you need to tell me. I'm gonna just let Uso, this guilt eat you up inside every week. The Usos you... just bully him, mm-hmm. bully him, tell him he can't go in the room because Roman ain't there. And then when Roman gets there, he's like, "You coming in? Come on in, let's go." Hands him the title. You're, you're what, what am I gonna do with that? What am I gonna do with that? It's a family celebration. Yeah, you you hold it. You're family, smart man, but you are family, and I love you. It's like everything he's saying is perfect. It's, that's like the only thing right now that WWE is doing that you're like, fuck, this is good. This is like, mm-hmm. this is actually good writing. Yeah, yeah. This is such good shit. This is, this is amazing. Now, if all the that other writing, stuff. <laughs> if the Hollywood writers would write like this all the time, we would love it. But, but the Hollywood not. writers aren't writing this. That's the point. Heyman, Vince, Roman and I think one other person are the only people handling this story. They've Shit, been the be. only people handling Roman's storylines this entire time. It which might is be the only reason Hayes. why he's had the best stories. Yeah, it, it might be uh, Michael Hayes. It might be Michael Hayes. If he's but that's there, why I don't know. that's why it's been so good because it's a small amount of people, and everyone that is in it is directly involved. Outside mm. of Vince, who has the last set, yeah, and it's it's just it's perfect. It's been it's I'm, so I'm loving it though. 
And Paul is so good with facial expressions and reactions. It's it's so perfect. It's so perfect. And even yeah, the yeah. confidence of like Paul doing that interview outside and then going to go into the room and it's locked. <laughs> I love how, I love how they just showed that he was still standing outside of that door. Like he was told by the Usos <laughs> waiting for fucking Roman to show up. And Roman's like, you coming in or what? He's like, I'm That's still my tribal chief. not even talking about it. Like, I ain't even going to address the elephant in the room. It'll get Just, addressed in due time. Yeah, yeah. we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. You, come in, you family, you family. You know what I mean? You, you got some I just know. I just know his whole on. his whole demeanor is gonna change when that time comes. He's gonna have to fess up eventually, and we're gonna have to see whether he knew. <laughs> we have to talk about SummerSlam. What do you mean? Right, what happened like, to SummerSlam? What happened to SummerSlam? <laughs> what do you What do you mean? What do you mean? Why don't you tell me what happened? <laughs> <laughs> right, right. He was like, what do you mean? What do I mean? What do, what do, what do you mean? What happened yeah, at SummerSlam, Paul? <laughs> that's going to be like watching a, That's going to be like watching a kid that got in trouble smoking and the parents seen him smoking. Right. Why don't you tell no, me? No, that's like happened? they found that's like they found the weed in your bedroom. And like, <laughs> and they don't tell you and they're like and they're looking for it and they're like, what are you looking for? What? Nothing. What? What do you mean? It looked like you're looking for something. You want to tell me what you're looking for? <laughs> no. Uh, no. <laughs> well, okay. when you're ready to tell me what you're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> Look at Roman. Roman out here being the, the tribal chief, the head of the table, and showing people how to raise their kids. <laughs> Yo. Meanwhile, Brock's going to... It's going to be so real. Like, <laughs> meanwhile, meanwhile, Brock's going to come back, like I said earlier. I don't give a shit about your kids. Mm -mm. Uh, uh, I think that's everything I got for this week, you know, with the tribal chief raising his kids. Uh, you want to get into these shout outs? Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's, uh, let's look at the shout outs. You want to go first or you want me to go first? Uh, I'll knock mine out first. You can, uh, you can finish it off. Okay. Um, all right, let's shout out the Tornado Tag Podcast. Uh, one more shout out for Pod Nation. Uh, a shout out to the National Championship Wrestling. Uh, let's do the Apron Bump Podcast. Good Cop, Bad Cop, as always. And uh, Wrestling Jeebus. Got you, got you. That'll be all for this week. Uh, so for our YouTube and Instagram shout outs, we're going to go uh, the usual people, you know, Fetch Frequency, D the Toy Hunter, uh, Reckless Figs, McFly Collectibles. Uh, also, we're going to we're going to do a special shout out for Bobby Rassels over at the All About Wrestling podcast. Uh, his lovely co-host, Mi Amor, just celebrated a birthday. So we're going to throw her a happy birthday shout out as well. Happy birthday. Uh, uh, and that's pretty much all the all the shout outs I have on my end. So thank you guys for listening. This was a lovely episode. We had fun. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Stay tuned for all the other fun stuff we got in store. I know very soon we'll be dropping a video 
of me crowning Stevie the uh, 24-7 champ. So I'm going to hate doing that video, but it's going to be a fun one nonetheless. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's it for this week, guys. Have a good one. Stay up. Stay blessed. And as always, stay dangerous.